This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Vingetown TV. Uh, we have a little bit of a smaller roster today to cover 1899. We've lost Jimmy for this episode. He's a very, very busy guy, so he couldn't squeeze us in. Um, so we'll try to do our best in his absence. We are covering episodes three and four on this podcast episode. Episode three titled The Fog. Episode four titled The Fight. If you listen to our episodes one and two discussion, which... I hope you would have. Uh, we kind of just freeballed it. This is a show, and I'm assuming you've obviously you've watched the episodes. So you, you'd know too. Things pop around a lot. Covering two episodes at once also kind of makes it hard to just do like chronologically everything that happened. Um, so we're gonna just try to hit on the biggest points. Um, we'll start a conversation that'll inform conversation after that, and then we'll probably at some point, maybe even in the middle at the end, we'll like try to kind of check boxes to make sure that we touched everything that we were looking to touch. Uh, so you can give your, I guess, just like initial thoughts on the two episodes. I'll give mine and then we can just dive into it. Sure. So these two episodes were great. I binged them immediately, literally immediately after we clicked stop on our last podcast. And then I had to wait a couple of days until we could finally get together and actually record on these. So I've just been very excited. I'm anticipating that I'm going to watch at least episode five tonight as well after finishing this conversation. But they were great. And one thing that I did not see coming is this style of each episode kind of having its own main side character where we're getting their backstory in this very unique way. Um, and I do want to talk about that if it's more just a unique way of having these people with these crazy lives and crazy like mental history things of life-changing events is why they're seeing them or if there's something physically causing them to actually see these visions and that could yeah. be like a plot point, but um, we could talk about that in a little bit, but yeah, this Ling Yi one was cool. Uh, it, it definitely was a chessboard piece mover. I kind of liked episode four a little bit more because like it, it felt like this was all rise until we finally got to like the, the mutiny. And that's kind of what we've been waiting at. I think we even said that this is going to happen in episode yeah. two coverage. So we kind of knew it was going there, but again, the more time we spend with these characters, I I'm loving how my opinions are changing because Jerome is now one of my favorite characters where originally I didn't really care that much, but he is like top three characters in the show for me. Um, and then this fucking, this, this Daniel, the boy mystery, that's kind of the backbone of everything behind Mara. It's so intriguing. And I just know every guess in my head is going to be wrong and I can't wait until we get more information and we can start narrowing down what the hell we're actually watching here. Yeah, definitely. And it also is, I'm almost, I'm, I think I'm glad that we didn't really get anything more about like the TV screens. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. Cause they're kind of almost like taking us away from that. I'm sure they're going to, it's going to come back around and just like hit us in the face completely. They just continue to do an amazing job of ending these episodes 
Uh, I know we talked about that over text, but like, I mean, fuck the ending of episode three. I would agree. I think episode four as a whole was better, but the ending of episode three, I thought was just like a holy fuck. I literally like stood up and just started laughing because I was like, these motherfuckers just, they just completely keep you guessing, I guess you could say. That was the biggest dark moment so far of this yeah. show. Just like seeing that actually happen because yeah. as someone that's probably never seen the show dark, like you're coming into this, you know, some fuckery is going on. Like something is crazy, but you don't know the level of sci-fi that these guys are willing to go and to make it make sense and make it satisfying. And they finally just like, both yeah. the end of episode three <laughs> and four, because holy shit, the end of episode yeah. four was like, it just there's so many possibilities now that I my mind was just constantly racing as I was just typing down bullshit that I yeah. know is just fake. <laughs> it's funny too. I would say that episode four for someone who has watched Dark and then I guess is getting into this show now too. Like episode four, the ending was almost expected. As like insane as that is, like it was especially because Mara's like, oh, he almost like seems like he was accepting his death, and I was like, yeah, he was. Like there's no way that that's like the end of him, and then he just pops right back. I got some All thoughts right. on that, but I don't want to. Yeah, but that'll, that'll probably be the last yeah. thing. Yeah, the last thing we talk about. So, again, I mean, a lot of stuff happens. I think you mentioned too, I actually like what you said about how we're getting kind of like one side character is the focus for the episode. Who do you think? I guess episode one, maybe, I don't know, if, maybe Crestor, honestly. Episode one, episode two, maybe Angel. See, that was the thing. That's why this kind of hit me out of nowhere because it seems like we're getting into this formula now where I don't yep. think it was so explicit before. I think episode one was just introducing everybody rather than having a specific character. And did we get many flashbacks in episode two? It's all kind of blending together. I don't think we so did. Quickly. I yeah. don't think we did. The only, actually, I mean, the only, the only weird, like, and I'm sorry to step over you, but the only weird thing is Captain Ike kind of like travels between worlds a little bit for lack of a better way to say that. Well, that's kind of what Ling Yi does too, because when she's like yeah, in the box I mean. on the ship. Yeah, okay. So it was Ike. It was mostly Ike for episode two, at least. I feel like he got yeah. the majority of the flashbacks. So that makes sense. Um, and maybe one was kind of Mara in the opening where you see a little bit, but she's going to yeah. get like the finale or something like that, where it's going to be all about her father and brother and whatever was going on in the quote unquote like mental, mental asylum. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I'm, I was glad that they gave us, we're starting to get the backstories on these characters. I thought Ling Yi's was good. Just interesting, obviously devastating for her that she ends up killing what is supposed to be her friend. Although she was, you know, had somewhat of a nefarious plot and that she was trying to pretty much take her life and go to America. Doesn't go well. I just, I I don't know. I, I was, when she's in that box and she gets teleported and I was like, oh my God, here we fucking go. Like what? I don't even know. I don't think I have a guess yet on what that stuff could be. So, like, my original guess was going to be that it was literally something to do with the fog. Kind of, spoiler, a little bit like Mistborn, what's going on there with, like, the mist and actually, like, affecting people. But the fact that it was the episode three titled The Fog and it was a huge focus here, I don't think they really showed it too much in episode four as being a cause of why um, Jerome would have been seeing things. Because he was... Yeah. It felt a little different. I don't know what, where that's going, but I hope it could be Daniel related and using some of his crazy tech to actually, and it could have been needed to actually teleport the ship at the end that it and that it ends up doing. Enough, but yeah. again, not enough pieces for me to really yeah. firmly say an opinion. I do like how they just consistently setting up Olek to be like a good guy. Like, mm -hmm. of course, he's the one that finds her. He gives her his coat. It's just like this guy. Would they just want us? Have, I love him. Like, nice main character 
vibes, but like he's obviously not going to be the main character. He no. he should get an episode. I'm I'm hoping he gets a full flashback um coming yeah. soon. He's we got Polish, right? He has like, yes. Yeah. yeah. He has like that postcard. I feel like that's the only thing that we really know about him. Right. He has the postcard. So we'll guess we'll yeah. see what happens with that. Jumping cool. back into the Delingy stuff because what I wanted to say about this was actually I was surprised at how straightforward her backstory was like nothing really seemed surprising. Like we just needed the information. It's like, okay, all that kind of makes sense. The thing that, I mean, are we just going to open talk about the whole flashback? Cause it's, there's not really that much there. She kills May May by accident. It's a great name. But what I fixated on was the, this takes place way before she's on the ship and the, is it called the Komodo? Am I making that up? Komodo? The, oh the, yes, yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought you were talking about the name of like the little raft they were on in the river. No, 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 I was no, no, like, no. I didn't catch the name of that. The what May May holds up the kimono or whatever mm-hmm. the her her outfit. It has the triangle the triangle symbols on it. So that's yeah. implying that the reach of the company, which we get verbal confirmation in one of these two episodes, that that is the symbol of the company that bought out these cruise ships. Yeah. Um, like what does that mean? Because it means that the reach is is way before and outside the scope of just what is happening with the Prometheus versus Cerberus. And that to me is crazy. This is like a predetermined kind of like storyline where it's pulling all these characters together for a reason. And I didn't think it was going to be that way. Yeah. Cause we also find out that other people were getting more envelopes too, in these episodes. Um, yes. Which is even more interesting. Yeah. So I, that was, I, they opened the, the ep- episode three with, the symbol on her on her outfit and i was just like god fucking damn it so we have we have what we have the carpets well the carpets make more sense now that we know that it's the symbol of the company Mm -hmm. but we still have clementine clements i guess technically but i like clementine her earrings like that still has to kind of be a thing a little bit so i guess we will find out hopefully yeah what all that means okay i guess again just kind of trying to tackle like character level things over like large mystery level things first try to crawl before we run um, mm-hmm. What else we get? We get the truth. I kind of, I mean, you get the truth behind Angel and Ramiro in episode three. Nothing like insane. It's just that we find out that Ramiro ended up killing the priest, and that's why he has his stuff. Um, again, I, their relationship is obviously just completely fractured. Who the fuck knows what's going to happen with that? But I don't know if you have so, any comments on that at all. I mean, dude, I the Angel stuff is crazy. Like they, the Angel and the Crester stuff, Crester, right? Yes. It just escalates so much and without any verbal communications besides just sounds to them and and just the way that Angel is so just, I don't want to say selfish, maybe cynical is the right word, just how he doesn't, he it, it gets spelled out by um, Ramiro so well. Like he's like, you don't care about anything. Everybody's a tool to you. And like, it seems like they are literally on the run for having have killed someone back in Spain slash Portugal, however they ended up meeting up. And he doesn't care enough to like commit to a relationship with this guy it's very weird how it's going to play out but ramiro somehow turns on to the I'll, I'll say good side because he like works with the captain i'm going to assume anything captain amara related is going to be good side it's yeah just i had him i had them in like, like the good guys yeah exactly so is, is angel i know he gets spited by by crester in front of the the mom dane in the next episode but like it seems like they're probably going to be on the same side i don't really know where that's going it's just yeah. such a weird dynamic I would say Angel, I guess Angel, Mrs. Wilson's definitely going to be on the side of the Danes, I would say. So then I guess by extension, we get Lingy and her mother on that side. But I feel like Angel, 
seems to be someone who's kind of in the middle. He almost has a foot in both camps at this point. And yeah, I mean, you're right. It does seem, it seems like they're implying that like their relationship got exposed and then they had to kill a priest and now they're running away from that. And then <laughs> Ramiro basically gets broken up with and cheated on, on the boat while they're in their getaway, which is like completely fucked up. So, so I can, uh, I can imagine the, uh, the animosity boiling inside of him. They don't have much else this episode, right? Like they have that wild jerk off scene, which is just crazy. Yeah, that was uh, that was intense. <laughs> Again, like, just with fuck? like like the no words needed. Just it just kind of worked out, I guess, in a in a weird <laughs> in a weird fucking way. Um, Cross lovers, baby. Yeah, but uh, we do, and I guess like I'd mentioned earlier, Mrs. Wilson has an envelope. We do find out. I believe it's in episode three. Not really much else from her this episode, except she does know that Ling Yi in some way is not who she thought she was mm-hmm. because she inspects her hymen <laughs> to find out that she's still a virgin, <laughs> which mm-hmm. was just uh, just also an uncomfortable scene as well. Um, what else could we learn? We learned Lucian and the seizure stuff. He just kind of goes out when he's with uh, Ling Yi. And I thought it was interesting that she just kind of like kneels next to him and puts her hand on his shoulder. But yeah, I guess I don't know what I was expecting out of his whole thing, but it does make sense. Yeah. I mean, he also goes on to say, it actually explains a lot because he says he basically can't get hard when he takes the medicine. So that's why he can't bang Clementine. Um, But again, she continues to be one of the most interesting characters because she still gets those weird shots of like her by herself with like the facial expressions of like betraying of what ever she just said in the scene before with Lucian or whoever she's around. So she's yeah. I'm still sticking with the theory that she is part of like the family that kind of owns the ship company, but actually now I'm thinking about it. She did I feel like her and Jerome are like legit. Like that's going to happen. Like they're going to hook up and then I'm if that's the case though, she's not like I don't think she would be in on it. Like I think it's going to be one or the other. Either she's like part of this whatever's all these cameras watching all these people and she helps with the shipping company her family could be owners of the shipping company and she's just playing in this game knowing she's like fucking with everybody basically that or i'm just over reading into it and then she, it, the earrings are basically just like lingy's um the the outfit with the symbol on it because it could be that where it's just a coincidence and like they're being brought together by like not fate but by whatever this this power that daniel's like harnessing is because this seems to be bigger than just like a person doing things in technology. Like there's going to be some like higher force yeah. or, or something here. I think that us seeing that Ling Yi's outfit has the symbol on the back of it tempers my expectations of what Clementine's up to. Because right. it feels like it's just like an accessory, you know, like it could just be like a brand thing almost, not anything yeah, more you're than right. that. But also, you never know. I mean, she just is still with her is, is still very interesting because we do get or we do have that extra level of mysteriousness where Lucien's commenting on her parents. And that's all we know. So we can take that a million different ways. I'm sure it could just turn out to be literally nothing special, but I'm sure it actually means something if they're actually going to put it in there. Yeah. Okay. So I think we like, just cover some yeah. of the Dane stuff, too, because I think that's one of the first things that happens um, is just the aftermath naturally of Ada being dead. and. Yeah the natural progression of this is going to be, you know, more mistrust is being sowed with all the Danes and it's more than the Danes, right? Isn't this just everybody? Because I feel like they kind of, 
I had a misconception about that because I think it's just everybody that's not in the first class. But then there is like the subset of the Danes who we originally thought was led by Anchor, aka Tom Maryland, but it's actually Mama Dane, who I don't know her name. Um, Yeah, I don't think they ever say. Yeah, she is like a bitch. (laughs) She's She's wild. The bitch for that too. I, I feel like it's. I feel like everyone that they've really given us has been Danish. Yeah, that might you know? be part of it too. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure the guy—it's in episode four, but the guy who has like the ginger guy with the beard. The who, first mate. Is, no, the I'm front. sorry. Who, who's who, no? Who's Danish? He's like a ginger guy. He has a beard. Um, he's the one who's pointing the gun at the first mate, and he's like demanding all the stuff. And he's also okay. the one with the key that locks everyone in their doors. I'm pretty sure yep. he's Danish as well. So it does seem like I've just been calling them the Danes, I guess, in my head. And while I've been taking notes, maybe unfair, but that's kind of the way I've been doing it. Yeah. But some of the things I saw, I noticed, at least in this scene, I was surprised that they actually brought back Dr. Murray to be a doctor here because I thought like the whole thing was he was like a joke doctor and didn't actually take anything seriously. But what he came to the conclusion was that this was a natural heart attack or a stroke that killed Ada. So it's very similar to Death Note, honestly, just the deaths of all these people, which we didn't see how Daniel killed her. And it could be something to do with the bug. Like maybe the beetle goes into you and kills you or something. It's going to be something weird like that because by the end of next episode, like a bunch of these bodies are popping up everywhere. If so, yeah, that beetle's working fucking overtime. Well, some of those bodies were from the Danes doing the mutiny. And then some were, there was like six bodies that were found from, that were killed in the same way as Ada. But it's just like a mix of just all these literally just getting picked off people. Um, Yeah. It's just so funny to think like (laughs) it's, it's, she's what, eight maybe. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's probably a heart attack or a stroke. <laughs> it's like, I don't the eight-year-olds have heart attacks or strokes. It yeah, seems horrendously unlikely. Yeah, and he's like, you're letting your emotions get in the way. It's all about Darwin, baby. And I could just, I could totally see, I don't know enough about it, but like back in the day-day, like when Darwin came out with that and people started to accept it and just people using that level of reasoning for like the most nefarious bullshit possible yeah, it kills the weak yeah exactly it's like, it's like you could explain away almost anything by just saying yeah. that. Uh, i guess and that does anything else there i feel like that kind of really. leads us right into mutiny and ike and mara which is okay. kind of we try to save that stuff for i guess the end of things so just open i guess of just like their progression throughout the episode uh yeah, why not because we did finally get direct conversation about maybe finally is not the word where I forget when he got the ribbon of his daughter. Was that that was in episode that's in one, episode wasn't one. it? Yep. Yeah. yeah. He just he so hasn't told anyone yet. He confirms like this is straight up hers. Like this isn't like a random flower ribbon I found. This is hers. And those are like the exciting little moments of the writing that makes me really excited about whatever the conclusion of that is. Yeah. Because like are we phasing through to visions and we're literally capable of pulling physical things from the visions into this world because like that's kind of where i'm going that's where this is leading me to believe because like i think jimmy were was bringing it up on when we were covering the last podcast episodes like they're doing things in real life even though that they're they're seeing yeah. this vision like so they're, they're physically actually moving. physically doing things so maybe they i don't know what's going on there if they can if they can bring things in or not or if it's just going to be more time travel connections but it's definitely interesting because he's getting mara on her on they're they're like teaming up and throwing information out there they're still lying to each other at this point especially mara i don't know if she's knowingly lying because she gets freaked out about her name being on the listing for the prometheus but we can talk about that that's just like the intro of what these two get into right at the beginning yeah yeah and he does he shows her uh the symbol on his floor and this is when he he does tell us in this scene that's when we find out that's the ship company's symbol 
Mm-hmm. And then also, yeah, I mean, when they're on the Prometheus, because the two of them go back. And again, dude, just the shot of them just like in the safety boat, lifeboat raft, just rowing on the open mm-hmm. ocean just gives me the skeeves, but it is what it is. Um, but again, yeah. at least this time they're there in the fucking daylight and it's not pitch blackout while they're inside this fucking ghost ship. So they actually get more things done. But he does give us the good info about the ship company where they bought them. And then they spent like, what, three or four months on the dry dock and they were making changes to them. Mm-hmm. But he said even that, like those tile shaftways should not be there. And we right, do find yeah. out that it's, yeah, we do find out eventually that I guess it wasn't really the ship company. We find out that the boy or that rather the pyramid that the boy has can make them, which was very unexpected. So that's what happened, right? When he goes under the bed with the pyramid and then comes out and seemingly nothing happens is what he did was... That's what I took it as. So, so now do you think what I'm, what I'm thinking now is that like, does the pyramid have the ability to basically swap out pieces from different time periods, I guess, because, because I almost, like, I almost want to say that's the Beatles thing in a way. So how does the Beatles thing, how does that relate to the Beatles just like opening doors and shit? Like it's just. <laughs> That's what I, cause when in episode four, when the Beatle opens the door and the Beatles done it, obviously in other episodes as well. I just first thought I have was that it's like, it's like such a localized impact of like, mm-hmm. it is like it itself is like experiencing a time where the door was unlocked and it's like making that the reality. Okay. Because you know, like it also it also leads them places and it feels like it knows like what's about to happen, you know. So like it like tells them like where to stop in the hallway and like to get up against the wall. And it yeah. seems like it's almost like not predicting, but that was just kind of what I had thought that like it has such like a localized maybe time travel ability. So what's making me question it? Maybe it is just straight up the beetle, but what, like the pyramid seems yeah, to be what pulls in the boy in the end of episode four back to the cabinet like after he fell off the ocean when he got pushed yeah. off right like he wakes back up in there i was thinking like that would be that would be like the, the similar mechanic that is happening when he goes under the bed and flips like maybe the ship's rooms or something like that where it literally pulls down the marvel passageway from the other ship and puts it there just like it would be I don't know, dude. This is, this is, yeah, we're getting into complicated. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm thinking like he could just, just so like, hard. I feel like, and I could just be, this could be complete Mandela effect of, I could have sworn that like there was like scratching. So I'm thinking like he has the pyramid upside down and he's like using one of the points to like scratch in the symbol and Ooh. then it like materializes and then it creates like the shaft there. I like that. So maybe, maybe when he falls off the ship, like all it takes, I mean, for all of I mean, our second Brandon Sanderson reference in this, but like Warbreaker, or I'm sorry, not Warbreaker, Lantris, like he just like is, draw, he can draw the symbol and then that like opens the gateway. Yeah, dude, the symbol is going to be way more than just like the, the, the brand of the company. And it's going to be, because what is, now I'm questioning, like if, if it's obviously going to be very um, purposeful of like it being the triangle. It's very similar to dark, but I I have to keep my head away from that because there's no way they're going to use the same twist. Yeah. What is the line going through? Is that saying like, is that supposed, do you think that's like symbolizing you being able to, if, if like, if time is just like flowing and like the line lets you jump places in time or something like, yeah, I I almost like, yeah, like it connects two points. 
at the same time. Like it's the same line touching kind two of things. Makes sense. Like even yeah, with because the, like, people are experiencing time at the same time. <laughs> oh, that's, that's yeah. <laughs> as that's weird as that sounds, it is. It is connecting the past and the present. But I would think more. Like, but why a triangle? Figure out why it's a triangle? Yeah, and not yeah, just yeah. like a more streamlined like line yeah. with like a connect or something. I don't know. But that, yeah, I yeah. think we're we might be on. We might be onto something. Yeah, and also, <laughs> I mean, I guess another thing too that maybe is against the beetle and the the pyramid symbol teleportation thing is that the end of episode three is we get Daniel with his little fucking puzzle thing, which mm-hmm. I feel like I've seen them before, but I don't know what the name of that kind of thing is. Like I've seen those puzzles before. Yeah. I've but been calling he just, a puzzle. Yeah. He just uses it to like light up or to like use that, uh, whatever the fake like steam measurement thing that Ike points out. So I wanted to ask about that if you had any, because, because what happens is I think it's the first mate that gets the telegraph code and literally just blindly goes in and puts in the code, which activates it and allows it, allows Daniel to maybe access it. I think that could be part of it. But again, they, they weren't too clear about what was going on there and why he was doing it just blindly, because at that point he seemed to still not want to actually full on mutiny against Captain Ike. So it just felt like a random little thing that they threw in that allowed Daniel's crazy end of episode three thing to happen. Yeah. Well, it was also weird because, and again, I could be misremembering this, but does he not in this scene turn it on on the Prometheus? The Prometheus one is the one that turns on at the end of episode three and then and then the ship goes away. <laughs> yeah, it is because it's all dark and then like it <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, lights yeah. up. Yeah, so I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll maybe leave some meat on the bone for future discussions. That that. is that is a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Um, for Uh, what limited I have for episode three, that's all I have kind of written down. So a couple things that we I just want to point out is um Ike like when they when Ike and Mara take their excursion back to Prometheus, she Mara tells him that she had a miscarriage and she can no longer have a kid. So I don't know how relevant that is, but kind of explains a little bit of her stance on being so protective for the little devil bitch boy. Yeah. I'm um, feeling good that I pointed that out uh, in our yeah. last podcast episode. Yeah, no, that's definitely going to be relevant for a character. And it could be because of all the, I think you said like all the experiments or whatever was going on in the asylum could also be connected to that, which that theory is still alive. I think I don't yeah. necessarily think too much happened except ev- these, both these episodes start with Mara saying, wake up to the character that's getting a flashback. And that what is, is that? like, just giving me fuel that this is still like her trying to break them out of the trance and the mental asylum to bust the fuck out. But again, that would be too easy if I could predict that. Yeah. That would be so crazy if they're all like under like induced almost in like the same trip for complete lack of a better term. I'm sure there's much more better descriptions out there, but like they're all involved and like it's interacting with each other inside of it. I hate to bring this up again, but it's so similar to sucker punch. Like, if yeah. you remember the the plot of that story, how it's like three different realities going on, like wh- which one's real? Are they all real? Yeah. One of them's a mental institution, and it kind of is just giving me those vibes a little bit. I mean, it's a fantastic even, movie, so. That, I mean, I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, but here, hold on. I have a couple more things written down. Um, We brought up that, like, I, I briefly mentioned it, but Ike finds the passenger listing in in the um the furnaces on the prometheus because they were just looking for body parts to see if that's where all the bodies went which they Mm -hmm. didn't find anything but we do find 
out later that it, it says Mara Franklin's name on the listing. Yeah. And I was looking and it like you can look above and below it because it's in alphabetical order. Her brother's name wasn't on there. Yeah. If it is a if he's a Franklin. Um I don't think any of the other names were relevant, but I guess that, we'll see. Yeah. The, the only yeah, other thing I caught was the, the names under her were like a family, the French family. But I don't think we have I mean, who knows? Clementine, the owner. <laughs> yeah, I just figured it'd be worth it to clock that. Um yeah. I, it was funny too in this scene where she was like, Yeah, like like it could have burned the bodies or whatever, essentially. And I was like, oh yeah, like that totally makes a ton of sense why there's no bodies. And then episode four, we get them, like they get Jerome and Oleg to throw the bodies overboard. I'm like, that just makes infinitely more sense. (laughs) (laughs) You're just surrounded by the world's biggest landfill, essentially. (laughs) Like you might as well toss them overboard instead of just standing there and just like inhale. I would have been a little upset if they did find any like teeth or bones in those furnaces. That just wouldn't have been too fun. I didn't want it to go that way. So I'm happy that it just led to... It honestly led to Ike distrusting Mara for a hot minute before they like reconcile a little bit because she seemed mind fucked about the idea of her name being on the listing. Yeah. So does that mean like it was in the past slash the future? Like, yeah, what's I, going don't on there? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he fully trusts her still. I, he probably shouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. But and she definitely shouldn't tr- fully trust him because yeah. that was the only thing her brother sent to her said, don't trust anybody. Yeah, true. That's like, point. you should yeah. not, even, you know, Ike is the most trustable. But I still wouldn't trust him because like he's got this baggage that's clearly clouding his mind and making him see visions if they're not real. And if they are real, like we're going to fucking find out what that yeah, is. Yeah, for sure. I, I want to see other people's envelopes now. I want to see what they I know. If they, ha- if they have like messages on them or in any way, like letters. We haven't seen anything besides the writing, right? Like yes. this is Wilson. Like we don't yeah, see yeah. that what's yeah, actually just, for anybody. It's just yeah. the names on them. Yeah. And also I, I do feel like before I guess we leave episode three that it felt like Ike left a little bit of info in that fucking incinerator or in the, the furnace. I thought so like, too, because he yeah, there was more pages. Page. Yeah, like there's yeah. more pages. That'd be funny yeah. if they have to go back again. I guess it's not there oh. though. <laughs> okay, so the only other thing for episode three, um I think it's just worth pointing out because Franz got a lot of screen time here. He is not the first mate and he's not Adam Driver. He's the other one. Yeah. Um, he's got the cool beard. Uh, he actually like it's it's tropey when like a mutiny like this happens in a show or a movie. But he actually was a, he was a little bit less pure, just like chaos, like he yeah. was a little bit more controlled. It just felt a little it felt unique to me and I'm I'm happy it wasn't like just fitting in the, the standard trope. Like it ended up being that way but I, I felt like Franz has more to offer than just being the mutineer that ends up getting caught and killed in the next couple episodes or something like that. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like he's like completely just out for blood. It seems yeah. like he just genuinely thinks that the captain's an idiot and just wants to get back on course. Right. Yeah, nothing um, like completely nefarious because he does show he's has you know some I don't want to say human qualities, but he's fairly sympathetic when about Ada and with uh, with Tova when he Tova. Like, brings her in. I keep writing. I keep is it spelled Tove. Yeah, T O V E. Okay, yeah, that's what's been throwing yeah. me off because I've been like reading that wrong in my head. Yeah, I'm not great at at that parts of the world's language, <laughs> so <laughs> if it's mispronounced, I'm sorry. I'm sure we're doing it often anyway. Okay, two yeah. last things, and then we're good. We can completely move on, and it's all Daniel-related. Cool. So, um, okay, so after we, we said how um, the kid goes under the bed, uses the, uses the mm-hmm. pyramid to make the passage there, and then comes out, he quickly has a conversation with Daniel, who was at the door. He opens it, and, and when Daniel comes in, he says, um, 
did you have any luck finding it? Yeah. So that is something to talk about. And then also we were pretty on point with saying that they were working together still up in the air. If they are the same person, um, yeah, but what do you think it is that they're looking for? Because it's not, yeah. it's not the beetle. It's not the pyramid. And it's, it. so it's something completely separate because they are the ones bringing that weirdness here. So it's something, it's gotta be something else. And it's it, tough because he doesn't, like, we don't get any scenes of the boy, like looking for anything. Like he just sits on the bed and doesn't answer questions or he goes and picks <laughs> up or he goes and picks up the pyramid. That's the only things we've really seen him do. Right. So it doesn't look like he has any level of urgency to find like an object. So if if they are the same ship in some way, like Prometheus and Cerberus, maybe there's a second pyramid that they mm, are looking for. That fair. could be part of it. Because isn't there two bugs confirmed? Like we already saw at least two of them. Didn't doesn't yeah. Daniel and the boy each have one? That's I the way I took it. That, so. I took it that yeah. way for sure. So there might be another pyramid, but it's weird because he seems like the the person that's here to give us crazy information. Like, wh- where could it be if he doesn't already know? Because it seems like he knows everything else and like he's like pushing all yeah. these pieces. But- and it seems very like there's no way they just got lucky with Mara being the one to take him in. You right. know, like Daniel takes out the room next to her and you could argue that it's because the boy's in the room next to him, but it feels like it's more because he it's the Mara's picture room. of her. Remember? Yeah, exactly. So that's so, just too. Yeah, it's. Yeah. And it's what, what is, what is the letter exactly say to her? So I found out what our father did. Meet me in New York. Don't trust anyone. Could it be what their father did? Is that what they have to find? But I feel like it, it they made it seem like it's more like an object than like information. Yeah, I agree. Nothing to add there, but um, yeah. The other yeah, piece that I was gonna say though is was just that uh, Daniel. This is like at the very very end. Um, I think Daniel and Mara have a quick conversation. He says to her that I lost someone too. So like, not really sure where that's gonna go. But like, that's just part of his character, I guess. Just slow trickling this little bits of information we yeah. get about him. That's just part of it. What if he is her brother, man? How though? I don't know. I don't know. I just the brother, the brother and the dad seem to be important in some way, and it almost feels like how can they possibly come into the story? Like it feels like like what are they going to do? Get onto the boat? Like do they get to New York ever yeah, and meet so them? True. Like how are they ever going to be characters unless it's like a flashback? And I mean that's that a would good question that would be okay, but I just feel like there's so, going to be like there's got to be a way almost that they're like, like physical characters, at least one of them. Yeah, because the, they go out of their way to to make the dad's face shadowed in the first episode. So that's definitely supports that. Like, why wouldn't you just show him if he's not going to be someone relevant? But it seems like he will be someone relevant, even if it's in other people's flashbacks or something. Like, he yeah. is a character that we're going to see outside of Mara's head, I think. Yeah, because she, she thought he was on the ship. And and again, and then like the letter, like it just feels like we're going to have to see his face at some point. Yeah. And I think that would be crazy reveal if it's like a flashback in it. But also, but like, how would she not recognize him? Who knows? Yeah. Maybe he like went into know. the future because he has this little localized beetle and it makes him look older. <laughs> this localized beetle. You love that. <laughs> <laughs> but can't undersell. We already, we already brought it up, but the end of episode three was just full oh body God. chills. Just when he rips that thing and like the, fo- it just zooms out to the ship and then the fog just like collapses on itself. And then we find out that it basically transports the ship back to where it was before it went off course to save the Prometheus like three yeah. days ago. So like way South or something like that. I think they said 
that was just like this is this we are on pace baby this is another this is dark round two like let's fucking get it that's how i felt yeah i was I just so started excited. laughing i just started texting people i was like fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> Great. i literally just started laughing i was like i yeah. you're like what the fuck man <laughs> That's and the that's, moment where you just know we're in it. We're in it for another masterclass showing, assuming they stick the landing of the end, which I full trust they will. Like this is yeah. just the perfect way to build up sci-fi mystery. Yeah, I don't have any like the blind confidence that I have in them is unparalleled to any other yep. like creators or shows or movies or directors, like anything I can think of. Like I know it's totally gonna be gas. <laughs> it's just gonna be gas. I know it. So I guess now we can just focus all of our conversation. We've obviously dabbled a little bit into episode four stuff, but now we can kind of, I guess, focus completely on things that happened in episode four. Let's Again, start he, with the whole Lucien and Jerome backstory yeah. front to back, just kind of like we did with Ling Yi, because it just makes more sense just mm-hmm. to talk about it all together. But this and, one also does have a wake up. And super satisfying. This was, I think, a great explanation of what they've kind of been hinting at between the two of them. Yep. Super into it. I love it. Makes Lucian so much more interesting that he has like this roguish background where he like pretty much almost stole someone's identity or like just kind of created a new identity for himself, which then got him into like, a, you could probably assume the upper classes, which then gets him this marriage with Clementine that he's not happy in, but I'm sure it's at some way politically advantageous to him. So definitely just deserved to make Lucian a super interesting character. And like you had mentioned earlier, just shooting Jerome up the ranks. This episode was Dude, just fantastic for him. Jerome is top three for me now. Like he, he might be my favorite character after this episode. Just, he is such a badass. Like he just kicks the shit out of people. Like he has <laughs> yeah, he the, like you could say noble part of that backstory. Like he's obviously the good one. Like he was, he was even, you know, like he was just the better the, the angel and the devil, like he was the angel there. Um, he's great, man. Like, and Jerome's also going to get my girl. So that's going to be fun to watch. Like, it's just yeah, wins true. all around for my boy. Oh, see that. Yeah, that might be too tempting, though. I could totally see it backfiring where like Clementine is like a baddie and it like totally fucks her boy over. And he has like another broken I'm heart. St- he she could still be bad. Yeah. But quickly, while I remember this, because what you just said there actually makes me confused about like how if everything is predetermined or set in motion by like some force, because like you're saying, like Lucian wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for this scene, but it was, but this scene, like this whole flashback couldn't have really been set in motion by anybody, but Lucian himself. Like, it doesn't feel like, like how Ling Yi, yeah. like that whole thing with the, the symbol being on her clothes, like that could have been sort of manipulated to a point where we eventually get to where we are. But the Lucy and Jerome thing just seems like a, a cause and effect that just kind of butterfly effect into the way that they into them being here. Coincidentally, it doesn't feel like like if Mara's dad is a big player, like moving people into place, like it doesn't yeah. feel like he something caused this. And it's also it's a similar thing of I mean, you could I guess you could say the same thing with Lingi, but it's like, how could anyone know about it? Yeah. Like, it's not like, I feel like there's no way Jerome was like just telling everyone in prison. And then that got to someone who got to someone who got to someone. And then they're like, okay, let's pretty much throw this like little Hunger Games party or whatever you want to say on this ship and like invite all these people with sketchy pasts. Well, it, the only thing I could think of is it's like sort of like Harry Potter, um, Prisoner of Azkaban, Time Turner kind of thing where there's someone who is. Yeah. Like literally for Ling Yi, like it just I can just picture someone being in the shadows, like trying to make this all happen. When she, she turns her back, he goes and puts in more of the poison 
and then like yeah. has to cause this whole thing. But I can't think of a way it would work out for Lucian and Jerome. It's just that's the only way it could kind of work. And time travel is clearly going to be part of this or something. Yeah. So I would love it if it's Daniel. If we get an episode like a Daniel episode and it just like takes us back to those moments, but from Daniel's perspective. Wow, that would be sick. That would be cool. Yeah. I'm sure they would explain it right, but I mean, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot more that would need to fill out around that, but I think that would be a pretty cool idea. Yeah. But again, Daniel does have this feeling of, like I mentioned last episode, that like he doesn't feel like completely evil. You know what I mean? Like I could totally see him turning out to be like having like a noble quest of him like jumping through the realities of the time and getting control of this device and something to not necessarily do bad things. Like he could be trying to foil the company. But he killed Ada. He did, but he says sorry. He did say sorry. <laughs> he apologized before he even did it. But also, I mean, but his goal does seem to be to get the ship to New York too. So who knows? Who knows? Yeah. All right. So let's, um, let's, let's level set for uh, where we're at here because we did just kind of gloss over um, the mutiny actually started taking place. And now in the brig, I'll say we have a freaking squad here. Ramiro, nice Olek, Jerome, and Captain Ike. Um, yes. They're all in there. And... It, it, it's just like it's i always like when you can start seeing the sides like this and just like who the good guys are they're kind of coming together and then who the bad guys mm -hmm. are out there some wild cards of course like especially daniel and and i would even say angel's a wild card because like ramiro is clearly part of this good squad yeah i don't know what's going on with with um ramiro but like or sorry with angel and then the danes and then Crester, who he is if jerome's shooting up the ranks he is shooting down the ranks for me i'm not yeah i'm not a big Crester guy here no i would say the likability's getting fairly low but he is an interesting character because he has kind of these wavering allegiances all around him like i feel like him making a decision on like where he actually stands is going to be a big turning point that's what it feels like it's building up to and yeah i'm going to be completely honest here but i totally expected the sis his sister who the pregnant girl like she comes off as more like mutinous and evil yeah. in the last episode but then completely flips where i'm just like wow she is actually i like her a lot yeah i was also shocked by that it seemed like she would have been the one to kind of almost be the leader excuse me um just because the way she acts towards franz big beard yeah in episode three she clearly had a lot of anger in her, but it seems like once the the realization that the the path was going to be getting after the little boy, she was like, okay, well, that's mm -hmm. insane. Like, why would we ever do that? The whole power that's, dynamic that's shifted because I felt the same way about Anchor, who is turns out to not even be that into the religion. Like, he doesn't even believe yeah. that, and he's the he's preacher. Soft. And it's all just behind the mom. I do like how it just completely flipped on its head because – I'm all I'm all in for Team Mama and or pregnant girl and and anchor and then fuck the other two fuck Mama Dane and fuck Crester. Yeah, yeah, I was just shocked. Yeah, when Crester like it started to translate and she was like, "No, like what are you doing?" And I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. She actually is like caring about this little boy. And that's what that's the first mate too. The first mate I think is an interesting character to me. He seems fairly spineless in the sense that he doesn't want to make a decision either way, or like he doesn't mm -hmm. want to go full mutiny, but he knows he doesn't like what the captain's doing. And then here he's like, I guess let's just kill the boy and give them what they want because we got five days left on this ship and all of you gave all these motherfuckers guns. So like we don't really have much of a choice here. Yeah. Um, but I think him too, I think him could be like someone who like, if uh, like a legit decision comes down to him on like a side, he has to pick. I feel like him potentially, uh, he's probably more in the bad guy camp right now, 
but him flipping sides, I think, could be another like kind of pivotal, maybe just a pivotal character moment, but change a little bit of the dynamic of the show. I feel like we're gonna get. Have, did we have anyone die these last couple episodes? Is it only really Veneta that's a named character that's died? Yeah, Jerome was was dead for about two seconds. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm feeling like a big death soon. That's gonna have to. Maybe that's what's gonna cause Crestor to flip is seeing his sister die or something like that. But at the same time, they're 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 playing really into the idea about the baby being special. Yeah. So, and I I don't hate that. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, if it is something fun like that, um, it gave me weird vibes though, like about her pregnancy this episode. Because what does he say? He's like, and I literally wrote here, like, like again, the dad anchor, we call him Tom Maryland because he's in Wheel of Time as Tom Maryland, but he kind of like is talking to her about like the, it's again, I was getting those like prophesized baby vibes, mm-hmm. and I couldn't tell if it was just like so gung ho religious or not. But like when he's talking about like the devil, we're trying to take everything from us. We can't let that happen. And he's like touching her belly and she's like not into it at all. And I literally wrote down, like, I don't know if I'm too Game of Thrones pilled to think this, but like, it seems almost like he's the, like the father of the kid. Like I could see that being a thing because later on when wow, her, her, really? her and Crestor, I would not like that for my boy, Tom, but I could see it. <laughs> and like, cause him and Crestor, her and Crestor rather later when they have the little confrontation in the hallway. He says to her, like, you can't keep taking it out on us. Like, what happened to you or whatever? Like, your misery doesn't trump us or all that kind of stuff. Like, you have to stop blaming us for what happened to you is exactly what he says. Um, mm-hmm. You're only interested in your own misery. So, it makes it seem like – it doesn't seem like there was, like, a planned pregnancy with, like, a husband. You know? Yeah. Like, it, I could no, see it. it I could, pretty I could totally. dad's not there. Yeah, I could, I could totally see it being, like, the mom thinks she got a vision that like the dad had to like impregnate the daughter to then create the prophesized child from god and it turns out to be the little kid with the pyramid oh yes yeah he's, she's, he's not blonde enough though she's like really he's blonde, blonde. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's, she's blonde. really blonde well the seat could be strong he doesn't look very he doesn't look very blonde all right i just um, okay, so- I, I knew that it was it didn't feel good saying it that loud but the thought came to me and i was like okay i, need to get, <laughs> I should probably put those thoughts out into the world for people to criticize at the same time it really wouldn't surprise me if like the pregnancy isn't that important yeah like it does feel like they're spending too much dialogue around it and there's that was literally a pivotal scene and in the in the writing of the episode for episode one's description about the pregnancy so at the same time it, it could go either way i just how's that going to fucking connect tomorrow? And like in Daniel, like that's the part that matters. Yeah. I mean, we, we still need to see, we need to see their backstory, their previous life that they left behind. Yeah. That's definitely True. a group of people yet that we haven't. It's going to probably be through the eyes of Crestor. I would yeah. assume. I honestly would yeah. hope so. I feel like. Yeah. We need to see that scar, um, maybe how to get that scar. All right. So let's move ahead here a little bit. We covered most of these notes. Um, there was that one moment where, we do now have Lucian aware of the fact that Jerome's on board because he freaks out at Clementine and like chokes her out when he sees the metal. Yeah. So Jimmy was wrong about that. And I think I was right. Yeah. That's what I thought. He put the metal in the room, right? Like he brought it cause he had it like that yeah. for a fact, like he literally had it. So that makes a lot more sense based on yeah. like what we were talking about before. Cause and it, it was um, a message for Lucian that she didn't understand at all. She thought it was just Lucian's metal. Made- Yes, made total sense there. Um, and then that gets him like super, super heated, and he just like r- kind of runs out of the room after he almost just yeah. kills my girl. So like, he better watch him fuck himself. But he also um, says that he's kind of anticipating dying almost. Yeah, because he ends up he ends up telling her here, 
about his he's epileptic right epilept epileptic right epilepsy isn't that what it is when you have seizures all the time we'll go with yes i don't okay. know off the top think, of my head so <laughs> i think that's what it is um yeah and so he says like yeah like he's gonna die very soon and that makes total sense the year is 1899 i'm sure the medicine is yeah. not that he, he, good, he, so. he calls this medicine potassium bromide they haven't even thought of a brand name for it yet so <laughs> <laughs> there's not some schmucks out there trying to monopolize it so it's probably pretty early so he gets heated and ditches so now what am i looking at here okay we do have this is just funny because we had to bring it up but the coal workers have another conversation about Great. the wolves and it I actually does we were we we misspoke and said werewolves i think and they actually bring it up yeah, here which that was is really even funny because he's just wearing garlic around his fucking neck like an idiot i love those guys though they're so funny yeah yeah and also they, another goofy they're, they're gonna die Another goofy thing, not about the show, but me watching the show, because I guess this is a, a nice light moment to bring it up, is that I started this episode and didn't realize that it. I guess someone else had been watching them, like maybe Kathleen or someone, and it was it was stuck on dubbed English. So when this episode opened up, like Lucian and Jerome are speaking to each other in English in the trenches, and I was like, "These motherfuckers are speaking English! Like, what's going on? Like, what what reality are we in right now?" And then I checked. I was like, "Oh, I'm watching the dubbed version." Has to be Kathleen, wasn't me? Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, "What happened to the whole language barrier thing?" I thought that was an mm -hmm. important part of the show. All right, I threw um, some of course. But the but that coal scene just leads into Daniel kind of walking behind him and connecting to the electric breaker thing on yeah. this ship so again they're not really being too clear about what the heck's going on there but yeah like, it also was design. a different i mean it's not in the same location Fun. yeah as well I, mean, I guess the first mate uses like the buttons thing and then maybe that like is connected to that thing somehow because it's not like they were in the same spot because that like the the little panel that he opens up with the buttons is where they drop the lifeboats from and yeah. this thing was in like the coal area, like the furnace area. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, we'll get, I'm sure we'll get more about it, but I don't, at this point, we're kind of just having some of the rescue squad making their way to, um, I don't even want to call them rescue squad because like they kind of get out themselves. Right. Cause Ike, Ike and Ramiro end up getting out through the vent, but they do end up all coming together right where the lifeboats are which I was kind of getting hype around that point because like, this is just such a good squad oh, yeah. of the people before they get, before Crestor sees them and comes in and just kind of ruins the whole day. And then, and then Jerome gets shot there, but yeah. just like this, this felt cool to me. Just like all the, all my favorite characters are really, were just coming together at one point. Nothing works out that easy, of course. And I think some of them, someone's following the bug. Um, my notes are a little hectic here. Who is, is it the, it's the little boy brings, Mara. Yeah. So yeah, that's happening. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That happens at that point. Nothing happened. Because I mean, like, like okay, okay. So what happens here is that is the boy is continuing to not talk to Mara, but then eventually says, like, okay, like I'll get us out of here. They're locked in there, and he uses the beetle in front of her, which is kind of noteworthy because now she's very aware of the beetle being more than just something she saw on the yeah. ship and in her vision. She knows it has the ability to freaking do magic basically and then that's yeah. what leads them to to the other squad i think that's like kind of like the middle of the episode yeah and this is also i mean the whole ship at this point is looking for the boy yes they've already brought mara like caught her out of her room they bring her back to her room they look around the boy was hiding in the little tiled shaft that we find and then so that's why they kind of have to sneak around 
And I mean, the only the only comment I have about that, and we've kind of already said it, that I was just shocked that the mom is the one who's leading this. Like everyone is is answering to her. to her. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty crazy. Because you get and that wild scene. It, I was. Gonna, are we going to bring up the angel thing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I was just about to yeah. talk about. Yeah, because like when they go in to check out what's going on in Angel's room slash Ramirez's room, I don't know if that stopwatch thing is going to be relevant or if that was just part of Angel's backstory or whatever it is, but she kind of power moves him and just drops it right in his face. And then she looks at Cresser and she's like, I wish I wish you died instead of Ada, causing yeah, him to nuts. think that he needs to reprove herself to her and spits in Angel's face, which clearly he's like into Angel. So like that's going to be a weird dynamic going forward. Um, yeah, that was tough. That's just like a weird scene. Yeah, that was tough. And I guess before we just something that happened, I guess it's just a quote that I want to bring up that I really liked uh, is when Mara first gets caught and she gets brought to France because he's kind of, I guess now technically almost the captain. He's the leader of the the mutinous yeah. sailors. And he tries to tell her like, you don't like, you don't know. He's not the man you think he is rather. And she just claps back at him and says, no, you're not the man you think you are. And I was like, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> I don't not like I don't hate friends, but that was a that was a fire bar right there. She's riding for Ike. Kinda yeah, cool. she really is. She really, really is. And yeah. also, I guess one thing we didn't mention is that when Jerome and Olek are like dishing the bodies, Jerome has that like experience when the guy like opens his eyes. Wait. Do you remember that at all or no? Wait, say what what's going on? Who opens when, his eyes? When they're when they're picking they're picking the bodies up and throwing them overboard and Jerome like turns back to grab an older guy oh, and yeah. his eyes open and he like it's like a little bit of a flash and then like he freaks out and then they look back and the body's not there anymore. I mean it seemed seem like it was like again like another one of his flashbacks where like he might have been like back in the war and it yeah. was a body and then he came back to quote unquote reality. Who knows what we're actually in? Um mm-hmm. I just thought that that was an interesting scene. I forgot that that happened, but yeah, you're yeah. right. I'm yeah, wondering was- if we're going to get more visions like that because it could just be isolated to his own backstory episode. Like, yeah. I'm sure Ike needs to have more visions about Nina and his wife and, the, and his family and stuff, but we haven't gotten it since it was his episode. So I don't know if like, again, that kind of lends itself to making it every it, everything is happening in their heads. Like there's yeah. nothing actually magical about the visions besides them just reliving trauma. I don't really know where it's going, but we need to see it again from a character that we've already seen it from for me to kind of like have a better idea of what they're doing there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, at this point we can kind of, if we want to chat about the, not the fight, but I guess the initial confrontation where they actually get the boy. It's not like any like overarching plot things here. It's just Jerome continues to be a fucking savage where he's just like knows what's happening. Isn't right. And reaches for the hammer. I think it's clipped. I, I mean, I, for a second thought he was dead the way they acted. He was dead. And then I, he, I totally did too. Yeah, it was um, so whack. But then they, but, this uh, is actually the scene yeah, where we get the full truth of everything where Lucian's putting on the code and they get in the fight and he gives them the medal. Right. And and then um like Lucian tries to be a good kind of good guy, saying, like, oh, we'll make it so like you yeah. only go to prison for a little bit or whatever it was, or I'll make it I'll make it easier on yourself. Um but again, yeah. fuck that. I, I was happy when he grabbed him and was choked him out and killed him. <laughs> yeah, like trying to well, I was I was just shocked that he only got like grazed in the arm. Yeah. Like I thought he got, friends. and they just left him. Like he yeah. wasn't going to stand up. I thought he got shot like somewhere else. And then again, Lucky. this could be me just like thinking too hard about it. But like, is it again, another thing where like something happened where like the bullet moved because he went back into like a vision or did he actually only get shot clipped in the arm and that 
dr- knocked him out and dropped him enough for long enough that everyone like how was he not just like ah. yeah i don't know because literally the next thing that happens is they bring all of these prisoners and throw them into the to the second class area and lock the door there before jerome just gets up and kicks everybody's ass yeah. i don't know what they were thinking of not carrying him in and throwing him in there too because he clearly wasn't going to die but maybe for i honestly if if they do go back and not wreck on it but like make it so that is the reason where it did change the bullet that'd be sick yeah. and i'll give you credit for that one because i didn't yeah. even think about well, that i mean like though. the beetles there the kid has the beetle on him very true so that localized beetle effect <laughs> where it, it takes it back to a time where jerome was actually standing in a different position because jerome's been in that room a lot a lot Damn, I want it now. I want the localized <laughs> control. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be a little disappointed <laughs> if it's not. But uh, if we don't get then, an explicit answer, how that motherfucker's opening doors like instantly when it crawls yeah. under the door, like we need that at least. Yeah. That it just feels and, like, yeah. and I'm it's it's gonna be too hard on the spot to think of it, but I just feel like there's like an anime, like a manga character that has an ability like that. It almost reminds me of like Aizen <laughs> being able to do that, but I don't know if it's actually true. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like. I don't want to say it's it's it's. I'm thinking of like Balefire a little bit, not really. Oh, yeah, why not? Like how it also like yeah, a little bit like Fourth Hokage, with the yeah. with the the kunai that have the marks on him and he can teleport to them, but yeah. not really because he's not. He's, it's just him changing location, not time, so it's not the same thing. Yeah. All right. Uh, so and speaking this is of the night on board now, if we're ready to get. Into yeah, that. yeah, and, and just before we dive into that, I guess. Or no, I mean, I guess this is probably the same thing of like we get the parallel speeches of Jerome busting in mm-hmm. and. I mean, great scene. He says some awesome things, but thank God we have the subtitles because how many other people in the room knew what he was saying? <laughs> He's giving this rousing speech about how, like they got to do yeah. what's right and all this shit. And I was like, yeah, dude, get after it. And then I'm like, no one they else. feel the energy. Yeah, no one fucking knows what he's talking about. Literally. Oh, yeah. And then we get the the Danish mother is kind of giving a similar speech to the other group, but it's hate-filled instead of love-filled and about doing the right thing. And they just, this escalates zero to a hundred so quickly. Everyone's got guns. Everyone's fighting on board, like with the whole goal of just protect the kid versus kill the kid. Um, She just wants to chuck him overboard, which seems so cruel. Just shoot him in the head. Like if you're me, like if that's how I'm going to go, are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? Throw me overboard. But she doesn't have much of a choice because shit hits the fan. And then Mara sees her opportunity to go and save him. She gets very close. And Daniel doesn't appear until after he gets thrown overboard and then says like, we got to get out of here. Right. Like, cause I yeah. think that was obviously part of the plan. I think whatever Daniel's idea and the little boy's plan is like, I think that was yeah. part of it um, because uh, he, what is it? We end up getting the quote saying like, he looked like he was ready for that. Yeah. What, what was it? Yeah. Or uh, it looks like he accepted his fate. Essentially. I think it was it's like more he accepted what was coming. That was what it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I mean, fuck it totally does. I mean, I, I could see it like the boy doesn't talk. I could I could literally see it that like this is not the first time that this is like it seems like at some level there's some predetermined like they know almost what's going to happen. I could see that. And again, it goes back to the, the Beatle thing of like it not. And I've, <laughs> I've used this word 18 million times, like the localized effect of like <laughs> it's taking things and taking like a small area back into a different time. And I feel like it just. When she said that he accepted his fate, it could also be that he's so confident that he's not going to die because he knows he could just teleport himself, basically. That could be part of it, definitely. Yeah, I don't know. Because but she fucking yeeted him. He got air. 
Oh yeah. She didn't struggle. <laughs> she just he, yeeted he, his ass. He could have done something to preserve save a couple, like just fight for like two or three seconds. But I guess it goes back to the idea that he probably wanted that to happen. Yeah. Cause now he's off the fucking grid, right? Like even though that all the good guys down in the in the hall or whatever you want to call it know that he's back because he literally reappears in the yeah. cabinets as like the mic drop last second moment, which was awesome. But like they don't just... know he's there. So yeah, no, the bad guys don't. I was just thinking, like, imagine he actually was the only survivor from the ship. Like, he lasted out all those, like, 1,600 other people on the Prometheus. Like, just fought to survive so hard. Scrapped his way to living. And then this is how he went out. <laughs> he finally gets on his ship. It's, like, full of people. And they got a bunch of coal. And they got all the food. And he just gets yeeted off the ship into the ocean. <laughs> nah, he don't go out like that. And also, I was no, just thinking, got like. something to do. Like, this is totally what happened to the Prometheus, I feel like. Like, it's just probably playing out again. You know, like, you people start so? to drop dead. People start to drop dead, and then a mutiny happens, and that gets more people out. Because, again, like, how did everyone just, like, how did that many people die with, like, no trace? So then I guess... The and then the place was trashed. Yeah. What, how would we get the ship back to the spot where the Prometheus, wa- like, where it just was? Because it needs to eventually end up back there, then, if it's going to be the, if that is the future of the Cerberus. Oh, okay. I didn't mean like, I didn't mean it as like, they're the same ship. I'm just saying like, it's the same events Oh, that have okay. happened. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, different time. Yeah, it could. Yeah. Totally could. Anything's yeah. on the fucking table with these guys. Yeah, I guess. And then speaking of too, of, of the Prometheus, it's, it's not there anymore. They're not towing it and they don't know right. that yet. No, they do. Well, I guess they haven't talked about it yet because Captain... His like plan was when they're in the lifeboat area, when they actually get caught, like he wants to get on the lifeboat and go to the Prometheus. But it, at that point, it wasn't there. Like they would have been fucked if they actually got on the, those boats and fucking started rowing out. There would have been no boat to get on. But like Franz knows. Oh, yeah, they know. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. Uh, you're right. I don't know if they, if the rest of them know. They should know by now, though, because they were just on deck and they, you would be able to uh, see it. I don't know. There's a lot but going on. We're going to, yeah, true. But they were trying to stay on. alive. I thought it was funny, What's too, up? that he's, like, calling for, like, a retreat. It's just, like, <laughs> it just seemed like it was, like, a cat fight, and now we're getting, like, like retreat, retreat. <laughs> it just made me laugh. We missed the one piece with um, Lucian has his mini face-off with Jerome when he steals his wife back and then kind of runs away because he's also strapped. He's got a gun. I guess that's yeah. worth noting, too. They're not in the basement with the rest of the good guys, I guess. Or don't they go to the dining hall? That's where the good guys go. The good guys yeah. go to the dining hall. Lucian and Clementine or Clements. Um, they go back to their room, I think. Just the two of them. Okay. I believe. And then so we can just finish it out here. Um, mm-hmm. Mars talking with Daniel. We already said it's like he accepted what was coming. I mean, he, You see the burn mark on his ring finger at this point, Daniel, which we found. We saw that the boy had the ring in his pocket an episode oh. or two ago. That's a great catch, yeah. I'm not really sure what's going on there, what that's kind of implying. I guess that's more ammo that the boy and him are the same person, maybe. Um, that's kind of what it's leading me to believe. But again, is it red herring? Is this what they want me to think? Who the yeah. fuck knows? Yeah. And, and she, then the, I mean, yeah, granted, it's like obviously an emotional moment because she believes that the boy was just murdered, but she like accepts his sympathy. I thought that yeah, was Yeah, it's weird just, because he's been a creep all this freaking time. Yeah, <laughs> it was just something that I clocked. 
And I, you could yeah. totally take that of like tinfoil hat of like, you know, there's a level of familiarity there with this touch because it's her brother. And I'm not saying I'm going there, but you could say that. <laughs> well, it seemed like Mara even was about to have a realization about Daniel. Like, is it because she saw the ring finger thing? Like, is she thinking, mm-hmm. was she about to say like, what what the hell's going on here? But it gets all distracted because obviously the, the flash happens in the cabinet and then he just steps out with the pyramid again. Um, and then I guess also right before that too, is we have the captain Ike and Mara talking about the the listing of her name there, mm-hmm. but that's pretty much the end of this episode. And they come in I don't with, know, that, man. with the modern day riff of music. And then that was so good. The bluish or cult yeah. was bang. And I thought that was like, I was like bopping my head. Like, let's yeah. go. I was trying to, I wanted to start episode five. I wanted to start episode five immediately. Yeah. I was like looking up the lyrics to the reaper and everything. And I'm like, are they trying to tell us something here? Like what's going on here? And I couldn't really find anything. What All our times have come here, but now they're gone. <laughs> Unless you have a localized beetle where you can experience all the times. <laughs> I mean, there could be something there. Could be something there. Could be, could be, could be. But also I feel like Mara doesn't like react. Like there's a, there's a beat. She takes a beat before she says, this is impossible. And you could take it totally like, oh, it's such a shocking thing that you're speechless and don't know what to say. But I don't know. There there might have been something there. Like as in she's she's not as surprised as everybody else? Yeah. Like it's not fully like an insane thing to her. If, if that's know. the case, then there there is some dynamic <laughs> at play with her father where she was kind of in on like or she knew about these experiments. And maybe that's why she's she's betraying her father and trying to wake up the people that she's fucking with in the asylum and like trying to like overthrow her dad or something like there's something yeah. there i guess yeah who's on the inside that's what we need to know someone's on the someone's yeah. on the kit on the take yes that's and if it's not i mean my if guess it's not is daniel and the boy clementine but like i don't think it's clementine i think it's <laughs> dude i don't know i don't know who the fuck it is maybe it's freaking mrs wilson i don't know maybe it's friends nah yeah, they're both too flustered. And also, I just like that Daniel's just like not shocked that the boy's back. Yeah. Like, it's like, just like, all right, the plan's going swimmingly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right, it's working out really well. Yeah, I guess just by nature of us talking about everything, we've kind of expended the whole clip of our theories and thoughts on things. So I don't think I have any like overarching no, I'm discussion good. I, to I, have I here. I think yeah. it might be worth bringing up now. It's still in discussion amongst us off pod, but, um, so that so this is through episode four. We got four more, right? It's eight of them. Yes. I want to say we're gonna give the finale its own. So we might do we might end up doing three more, being five, six, then seven, then eight. But if yeah. not, we got two. We have two or three more episodes coming. This is still before it like dropped. Like we're recording this before it actually dropped for Netflix. But by the time that you guys hear this, I'm sure we'll at least have our one to four coverage out, like when it first drops, and you know, just be on the lookout because we're gonna quickly and try try and have. So, uh, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, yeah, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> by next week, you know. Yeah, that's how the numbers go. Um, yeah, Netflix shows, like I said last episode, are kind of tough for us because they're all get dumped at once, and it's yeah. like, are people even gonna go back and listen to the stuff? What's going on? So the two episodes kind of helps us get through it a lot easier. Yeah, that wraps episodes three and four coverage. Just absolutely chomping at the bit to watch five and six. So that'll probably be, if not tonight, tomorrow night and well, tomorrow night for us. And we'll obviously try to get all these episodes out as quick as we can. Like Luke just said, if you like what you heard, please subscribe on whatever service you're listening on, whether it's YouTube or um, a podcast app, 
Apple, Spotify, everything under the sun. We have all of our social medias, I believe, are back to at Bingetown TV. So Twitter and Instagram, um, we would love, you know, if you want to interact, if you want to tell us your theories, if you want to take a dump on our theories, tell us something we missed, tell us something we're misinterpreting, all the, all the above. Uh, we would love to have those conversations. Uh, we have a website, BingetownTV.com, just like our entire catalog. It's probably a little bit easier to find all the shows that we do and kind of look at all the episodes through the website versus just having to scroll all the way through like Apple and Spotify. So if you're interested in going back to look at the shows, other shows we've covered, I would definitely do the website option just to at least get a look at it. Uh, Patreon.com slash Bingetown TV is a, is the way to support us monetarily. If you feel so inclined, we would uh, just really appreciate that. That would be nice just to know we have that level of support out there and we're not covering any other shows at the moment. Am I right? And wrong in saying that. Rick and Morty should be coming back at some point. Oh, true. I think that's next week. Yeah. Okay. So Rick and Morty episodes will probably be coming out uh, at the same time as this. And yeah, that's all I got. So thanks for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.